Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I remember seeing Dr. Joe Paul post earlier this year in a Facebook group asking other doctors to share their stories of disappointment at the hands of their employer. And the results were shocking. There are over a thousand comments of doctors sharing experiences of what can only be called petty tortures. Now, this all stemmed from Joe tweeting about quitting medicine, which gained a huge response and snowballed into her putting together a dossier for the Royal Colleges on these issues. We all knew that being a doctor would require hard work and sacrifice, but we didn't know that the unsympathetic system would repeatedly require us to put work before key moments in our lives repeatedly deny our leave requests, no matter the reason, and repeatedly prioritise sticking to rules over showing humanity, and inevitably reduce the human in its claws to just another doctor. So today I'm thrilled to invite Dr Jo Paul onto the podcast and talk to us about what led her to that pivotal tweet and the journey that she's been on since. Hello, hello Jo. Hello, <laughs> it's nice to be here. <laughs> So before we even got to like talking on this podcast, we've literally just done a tour of the wing. Yeah. And I feel like we've did, actually not I feel like, we've done that for about like 50 minutes now. <laughs> and we finally yeah. found a place where we can sit and talk to you. So thank you so much for starting your journey so, so early this morning. That's all right. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. amazing. You told us that you were up at 5am this morning to come into us. Thank you so much for that. That's all right. It's been more than worth it. I've got some interior design <laughs> inspiration. <laughs> yeah, we've absolutely loved looking around the wing. It's been amazing. Definitely. Definitely, yeah, they really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, so, um, Jo, mm-hmm. I mean, I've obviously read your blog post, so I feel like I do know this, but mm-hmm. um, can you start with sort of telling us about your journey into medicine, what motivated you, and how you ended up? Yeah, sure. So, initially, I was wanted to do biochemistry and genetics because the Human Genome Project had just kind of come out when I was at secondary mm-hmm. school, and I thought that was great. I love, like, a real science, science yeah, really like, geeky. geeky. Yeah, because <laughs> there's not actually that many in no. medicine. So um, my mum actually didn't think I should do medicine because she thought I was, you know, didn't like people enough. <laughs> um, so I've obviously gone into anaesthetics. So yeah. I don't have to talk to them. Um, but I went and did some work experience in a Welcome Sanger Institute where they'd done part of the genome project yeah, just for like cool. a couple of days in Cambridge. Um, and while I loved it, I also felt it's very dark. I actually did miss talking to people. Mm. And as my boyfriend at the time was applying for medicine, I was like, that sounds like a good idea. So <laughs> a week before, I think. Oh, the peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I changed my um, personal statement to apply for medicine. So um, that's a that's quick change. Yeah. A week before, I'm wow. very impulsive. <laughs> Do you ever think back to that time trouble. and you're like, how different could my life have been? Yeah, like, like who knows? It would, you know, I'd probably have gone down the genetic lab route and had a much quieter time. <laughs> <laughs> Like your tweets might not be going viral. Like, that's yeah, all. that's so funny. And in terms of your, 
medicine when you started it at med school how mm. did you find it did you enjoy it like mm. what would you say your like personality was in med school yeah so I loved it really it was a combination of like, everything I enjoyed mm. and Oxford's a very traditional course mm-hmm. there's a lot of physics a lot of genetics mm. a lot of sort of molecular mechanisms yeah. which mm. I loved like, which college were you in so I did Merton College okay which is where fun goes to die oh, it's a super nerdy college part. right yeah but okay. I just like the garden I looked around and really like the garden <laughs> so I was like so I was quite uh, brooking myself when I found out it was yeah. the academic one I was like god what <laughs> um but really enjoyed it um had it had a lot of fun I think I came out of my shell more because it wasn't weird to be geeky as a girl there true um and sort of started finding myself as one does at university absolutely yeah and then just um remembered loving we got one-on-one tutorials so you'd get like yeah. a professor of this teaching you for an hour which yeah. I found so you know stimulating yeah. um and then I went to imperial halfway through for your clinical years for clinical which I found a big adjustment actually I think oh did you yeah okay. other than recently that was probably the only other time I've kind of had second doubts I really researched oh, wow. looking into doing a neurosurgeon uh, neurosurgeon neuroscience masters mm-hmm. um, and that was just I think just again like sudden loss of social structure yeah. I'm from a really tiny village that's overrun with sheep most of the time oh, wow. <laughs> Oxford's yeah. quite small yeah. um, and then suddenly you're in London and I think uh, yeah thrown I, in exactly and yeah. I think I had my phone like snatched off me oh, by no. someone on like the by second like a guy day a cycle type thing yeah literally <laughs> oh, how irritating I know that must have felt like oh this is what London's going to be like yeah. for the rest of this year. Yeah, oh, actually, it wasn't a year. How long was it? So it was you three years. Yeah, you're probably I mean, like, I'm over it. So yeah. I'm just taking my phone, that's it, and moving back. Literally, so it took a long time to settle in, actually. But I think mm. it makes you more resilient, doesn't it? It makes you more resourceful. Yeah. Um, I did love clinical, actually. I didn't yeah. think I would. But I found it a shock going from writing essays. So all we did in Oxford was write essays. Yeah. We didn't see patients, and we didn't really do many sort of um, quick mark tests. It mm. was essay-based. So yeah. I really struggled in, like, the first-year Oscars. Yeah. You know, I just didn't know what to do with Yeah. People. It's a whole different exam technique. Yeah, like, literally is. Yeah. Um, so I had to, like, it's the only time I kind of had to artificially prepare myself for mm-hmm. exams. I'd kind of flown through to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I just had to practice with housemates and on people. So yeah. I have a very clever housemate. Um, <laughs> went on to do ENT actually, who pretty much made us all pass our finals because oh. he practiced with we us. We all have that yeah. person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I wish that was me, but yeah. it's just like, I'm, like I'm just riding the yeah. wave. Yeah. I'm riding that person's wave. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I can do what I'm interested in, but the other stuff less so. Mm. And I thought it was interesting when you said at Oxford you had that like one-on-one tutorial mm. and that relationship with That's the senior. That's true. It's amazing. How did you find? Was that one of the changes that you found difficult coming into London, or...? You know what, now you... S- I've never thought about it before. <laughs> yeah, now you... Welcome to my therapist's yeah, couch. Hello, I love this. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I guess it definitely is. Yeah. You've got someone who not only interviewed you to say, I'm going to accept you into the Oxford fold, saw something yeah. in you, and then mentored you pretty much yeah. on a very, you know, sometimes bi-weekly basis, coming mm-hmm. in around their clinical job to come and chat to you for an hour... You know, they were tasking, certainly. Some of them are, you know, difficult characters. But you, <laughs> you felt inspired, you felt mentored. And actually, yeah. yes, London, you're much more anonymous. You know, mm-hmm. I was sort of a, an interloper, so I can understand people who started here might not yeah. feel the yeah. same. Yeah. But I did. And then that is what you feel when you enter training, isn't yeah. it? That you don't have that one person yeah. that kind of gets you and is seeing you progress and yeah. seeing you every week. You, you've suddenly lost that, um, yeah. which is actually quite interesting because it's probably one of the next hardest steps other than leaving home, isn't it? So. Yeah, definitely, because you're sort of, you know, you've sort of cut your ties from home, 
off you go to university and then you feel like you've found your feet. Yeah. So, I, you know, I always think the Oxbridge transfers that come into mm. the London, because I was at King's, so yeah. we had Oxbridge So you transfers. saw the other yeah. side of it. And you'd like they'd suddenly turn up on your first day of clinics, and you'd be like, "Hey, who's that?" In the corner, yeah. and then yeah. in the like, corner, in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> these London bullies. I'm so I'm so sorry, Jen. Exactly what happened. That is, yeah, without their phones, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, and then as you go by, you sort of be like, "Oh, that's, that's Oxbridge people." Yeah, okay, but cool. it takes a while because obviously once you're on clinical placements, you kind of go around with four to six people, and at you once. get to know a group. Like, and, so you yeah. start sort of immersing yourself, and gets yeah. a bit exponential after that. But yeah. I did have fun by the end of it but yeah, yeah definitely it was like an whoa. adjustment a big yeah. adjustment yeah 100% yeah um okay so med school you grew mm-hmm. you, you know you were grown by the yeah. end you were prepared <laughs> you were fully <laughs> fledged <laughs> I blossomed <laughs> um foundation years yeah so did you go sort of to seven side back closer to home or? no so I went back to Oxford so I did okay. an academic foundation mm. partly to give me control over I just love how there's so much geek in your internal <laughs> yeah. yeah it like literally it's gives me a geek. <laughs> and what's your Obviously. academic job in at the time so I did sort of a, it was uh, critical care related academic mm. so it was um, at the Kadori Centre in Oxford and mm. it was sort of looking at it was really boring but it was like lung protective ventilation basically mm. which is a massive deal if you're yeah. in anaesthetics yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. boring for everyone else yeah um, and I, I loved that and it was partly because of the geography because if you apply mm. to an academic post mm. you know where you're going as yeah. opposed to the main um, the usual yeah thing, you know yeah. you can end up in Scotland can't you so yeah. I was like no thanks yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a no from me. Yeah, but my first F one year was in Slough in Wexham Park. Oh yeah, um, which was at the time in special measures, and I think uh-huh. at one point on your medical on calls you were looking after over three hundred people, mm. just no. you. And there was a registrar, but he was in A and E, like a clocking and, and, that, and yeah. that was the medical oh, really? cover. Oh, That's wow. wild. Yeah. So yeah. halfway through that year, we had a forum and got a overnight second person or... put in overnight because it was crazy. Like mm. so. Yes, it you know it does build you and it builds strength of character, but I wouldn't yeah. say it was safe for patients. But <laughs> no. At the same time, you learn to manage stress. It builds you in a way where you absolutely have no yeah. other choice. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think There's is, no alternative. Exactly, which is what annoys me. By the time people have made it to regis or parts foundation, mm. you have shown that you can do it. Yeah. Which is why when people do start to have bad time, mm. there's probably a good reason. Yeah. Yeah, and can I ask, when you say that you like reflected on those experiences at the time, and it mm. also sounds like Oxford instilled like a spirit of being able to like reflect and think what's happened and how do I Yeah, that's forward. when I was happiest in medicine mm. as well. Like it made me realise what I enjoyed about it. Mm. Okay, okay. Which I think gets lost. Sure. Yeah. Mm. How do you reflect on like this is an absolute crazy situation that we're going through right now, having to look after three hundred patients? And then what's sort of like your response to it? Or what was the response mm. of the collective? Did everyone just kind of take it? Or? Yeah, and that's the thing. Everyone takes it. Everyone mm. takes everything in medicine. You know, you you have really basic, stupid things. And we all moan about it in private yeah. to each other. Um, but nobody is like, hang on a minute. This yeah. is not okay with capital letters. Yeah. Can we address this? It takes... People don't do that. They're too yeah. tired. It takes extracurricular activity. No one understands the system. As an F1, I don't know how mm, the, board, no. the board worked or anything like that. Yeah. It just got to the point we complained to our consultant because uh-huh. we, you know, they were like, why well, hasn't this been done? You'd be like, well, the patient was off in this like separate building with overflow <laughs> beds. And you know, yeah. I was having a bleep every two minutes. I wrote down every time I got a bleep, here you go, you can have it. It was like 112 in four wow. hours, which is every two minutes. So yeah. if you answer all of them, you can't do any patient care. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Um, so I think that was the moment I first realised you could change little things because we then got a second person on okay. nights after that. 
so yeah. that was yeah. yeah but no it's it was until really I came out of my shift recently and wrote that blog that yeah. was the moment at which I went I have now yeah. had it yeah. I think I came out I'd had a really bad night shift and I paid £25 for my parking space because I didn't have a parking permit I lived 50 miles away and I wasn't eligible I was on the so give us list. the background yeah. so where yeah. were you at the time I want like the whole so you were the registrar at this point so yeah. registrar yeah so um a few years into anaesthetics so yeah comfortable-ish with anaesthetics yeah. um you know we by the nature of the job involved in emergencies mm. but when that's your bread and butter you get a much calmer about emergencies uh-huh. but I started mm-hmm. in a, a new hospital mm-hmm. at night mm-hmm. um so I'd been to the department before mm-hmm. my, my swipe card wasn't working yet classic I didn't know where things like the blood fridge were mm-hmm. um, and they do try and show you these things on induction but you can't in a quick sort of spin tour mm-hmm. when you're then yeah. going to rely on that a few hours later yeah um and also in that place maternity is in a different building so if you need any backup overnight they are five ten minutes physically away oh, wow. which in terms of an airway is, you know, time is, is too money. much time yeah yeah and um, so naturally because it was my first night it was really busy i then at 1 a.m had this um, had you started on nights or? started on my first shift Ooh, was a night shift. this story is in, getting worse exactly worse. in a new building yeah. i didn't even know how to bleep anyone yeah um so this, this lady was having a C-section. Yeah. Um, it had gone on for hours because they couldn't control the bleeding due to yeah. some medical comorbidities that she had. Um, so the spinal anaesthetic wears off. You know, they'll last yeah. like an hour and a half or so and then you're pushing it. So we were two hours in. So my spinal had done quite well, to be fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it had held its ground. It had done what it was meant to do and then needed to put her off to sleep. Yeah. Um, so tried to intubate her. Uh, couldn't. Uh-huh. Uh, couldn't the eye gel which is like our backup airway mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. even work either so by this point you are starting to you know so you, that's when you call for your backup when your yeah. first sort of attempt fails um, okay. and I have preemptively tried to call down the hill but they were busy with another case mm. but I said I'm going is to is it try. literally down the hill it's literally down the hill oh my gosh it's quite a long so way so they have to come uphill as well too that's a struggle I've tried to do it before I can't run up there <laughs> and I run 10 miles for fun so okay like, okay yeah, that says a lot it's properly steep it's that almost sounds like a horror movie but it's saying it is so, um, the setup just makes no sense but anyways ridiculous. that's life so that and then I was trying to uh you know, just maintain an airway and oxygenate, which I could do, but it wasn't safe. It was literally a face mask. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you need to get in a definitive. Yeah, yeah. the big cause of um, sort of maternal uh, problems is mm. aspirating. So that's when your stomach contents come up yeah. into your airway, uh, which was not protected by what I was doing. Mm. So the team didn't know me very well. They were clearly very stressed, the Ops and Gynae team. Mm. So they're like, can we just go in? Can we just go in? You're oxygenating. Yeah. So again, you've got all this human factors stuff. You've got yeah. equipment failures, like... I literally am on your own control um and so eventually we managed to sort it second reg came up everything was sorted but we were on that table like five hours and I'd used every unit of blood in the place because I was not in the central blood bank you know my major hemorrhage call took about an hour and 20 minutes for the blood to arrive yeah so bearing in mind your blood flow to your uterus at I was going to say what can you do 700 mils a minute yeah that's how fast what kind of you basically put it in it's just hosing out yeah so what you do is obviously you can use sort of your adjuncts to try and control their blood pressure so things Mm. like phenylephrine for the doctors um and then you can give things to try and squeeze the womb and the Mm. surgeons can try and get control and i gave her platelets because that's what she needed in that moment um but it's a very obviously a very stressful situation. Yeah, and on a personal level, I think also like it's very difficult as an anaesthetist when you've got no one else with you because it's just you. Yeah, it's just you. I mean, even from the surgical side, like from the yeah. Ops and Gani side, you've got 
your reg, your SHO, your consultant yeah. probably be there people. for an unwell patient. Yeah. So actually you've got a team yeah. of people that probably know each other, probably work together, are on the same page. Yeah. And usually when you're in a sort of a, a unit where you've been there for a yeah. while, you know your anaesthetist yeah. very well. So you also, that relationship extends. But you're on your first night shift there. You must have felt so yeah, alone. Yeah, this is my first shift in this place. I couldn't yeah. even, I didn't know how to bleep anyone, you know. Mm. And my swipe card didn't get me through the doors. You know, just yeah. really ridiculous things. Yeah. That, you know, my job is stressful enough without having to deal with these things that, you know, they've known I've been going for six months. Yeah. You know, can they not prepare you for your first shift? Yeah. So anyway, this was all fine. You know, I did my handover in the morning yeah. and I kind of said, you know, I had a really busy night. And they were like, yeah. And they, you know, it was nice. Yeah. And then the problem was, was that I had to then go out, and because I didn't have a parking permit, I just had to use the local city parking. So yeah. Overnight was £25. <laughs> That's unbelievable. This is still what, that is the moment I was like, nope, <laughs> I am worth more than this. I yeah. just, no, I'm not going to do it. This is ridiculous. Like, I love that it was, you know, 10 years of <laughs> drama came to a head in that one moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost didn't pay it. I was like, the ticket <laughs> is to thirty pounds. Yeah, whatever. That's on me. Exactly. And then I just thought, oh god, I've got to go back and do it all again. Yeah. And I think it was it was trying to sleep after that, where I came out with this blog post and just wrote, you know, all the stupid things that have ever Did happened. Did you literally write the blog post there and then, or was that? It was. Time? So I think I got home, and it was like the day or two days later. I think I must have just finished nights and then yeah. struggling to sleep, trying to reset my clock. And mm. I remember it really vividly being like 3 a.m yeah and that's when you know i just churned it out in yeah. a wave of like hysteria that yeah, yeah, yeah. like you can tell from the writing that i was yeah. totally emotional 100 um yeah and then so that's what i tweeted and then yeah you know other people obviously felt it and just sort of started writing back yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think what was very clear is although you know obviously my experience was stupid and stressful mm. um you know, people have been undergoing like genuinely nasty work experiences. Mm, yeah, and like I'm sure you've both heard. Yeah, even from reading the comments on the Facebook post, like it's unbelievable. And I think you also put up put out like some highlights. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, can yeah. call it really, you no, should call it perhaps lowlights, but yeah. you know, some key sort of stories. Definitely. So, what were things that really stuck out to you? Things yeah. that really embedded in your mind. So obviously, I actually like it's very emotional reading those stories, mm. and it's even emotional being the one that's being messaged with them because yeah. you know you guys and like the media will have seen the facts but you mm. didn't see the conversations yeah some of these people are suicidal oh, some gosh. of them have left they've gone mm. to canada some people have been really quite traumatized uh, mm. for a very long time by these things you know they so one that really sticks by me was this f1 just saying I'm on a train, I'm crying, I don't want to go back to work tonight. And, you know, mm-hmm. I spent a few hours chatting to her. Yeah. There was one, it was appalling, her, um, basically, her grandmother was poorly mm. and um, dying, mm. and they wouldn't release her from a shift, so she'd go and see her before she died. Yeah. And then when she did die, and she wanted the funeral off, they made her bring in the death certificate. Like, I just, I don't understand that how you makes can no sense. be yeah. that ridiculous yeah. it doesn't make sense no. and I think that and you know there are people working through miscarriages they had a yeah. miscarriage at work bleeding at work yeah and the consultant being like well you can't do anything about it so someone crashing on their way to work yeah and mm. being made to do their shift still yeah um and then someone else found out they this is one who just quit um, yeah. she found out basically she had cancer on shift because she'd had a bit of a chest infection uh-huh. and then sort of deteriorated at work. They did a chest x-ray and, and found 
this really ominous thing and, yeah. and she finished her shift mm. and I think initially when the first couple of stories you feel like oh this is someone with an axe to grind like mm. or, you know or they mm. might be like the odd character but the way that they flooded in like 400 mm. in like two or mm. three days clearly this is a problem like, you yeah. can't ignore like if people are motivated enough to send you a, a stranger a message like mm-hmm. that yeah sharing such a personal yeah, thing such it's a, real yeah um and it's systemic right yeah. it's showing that it's not just in one place in one area it's and across the board because exactly. that was the point i was like god this is a terrible yeah b you know you can go to individual departments you can go to trusts you can go yeah. to boards you can go to deaneries but i was like this is national like yeah so that's the point I was like, who looks after yeah. everything? It's the GMC. And I think that's the point I started advertising for stories. Up until then, these were just... Just coming into Just you. coming in. And I was like, God, this is a full-time job now. You know, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Like, you feel very privileged. But you're still up till 2 in the morning trying to stop people being suicidal, aren't you? And that's yeah. not my job either. It's such a pressure on you. So like, can I ask, yeah. how did you deal with all of that? Because it must have been a lot to get so much coming at um, you. Or do you think you did, or what would you I Yeah, to be honest, I don't think I did. I think, although I was over, like, so I'd had some post-traumatic stress a few mm. months before all of that happened. Yeah. You know, I hadn't taken a single day off, but um, I saw just a very sad case at work, mm. and the consultant had been very distressed. It was about mm. two in the morning, mm. and the consultant had, actually got, had to be picked up by their partner because they came out crying. Mm. So we sort of dealt with this case, and then a few months later, my horse got put down, oh. and... I know what the trigger was. It was the drugs that they used for her were the drugs I'd had to use for this this um, young patient who had had their mm. head bashed in by a car, effectively. Mm. And that sort of started to bring back flashbacks. Mm. But naturally, I went from my horse being put down, and then I went to work two hours later, oh, wow. then I had to use the same drugs again. And so I know exactly much. what that trigger yeah, was. And then much. your night shifts... Um, and then got, you know, all the classic symptoms. So I was reading, actually, in the GMC Wellbeing Report that a third of surgeons get post-traumatic stress. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting, because I've never mentioned or heard from another doctor until I did this that other people had. Yeah. Um, very invasive imagery. You'd be sat talking to people, and they would be dying in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, can I just take a moment, please? Yeah. So throughout all of that, it did go away. I spoke to my GP. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I didn't take a day off work. I didn't mm-hmm. really tell anyone, which is not the right thing to do. I know. It's so ingrained in us, Exactly. Though, like, you just... I think absenteeism in doctors for illness is way below average. We yeah. just present. Um, and that's not always to anyone's benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I wouldn't do the same. But that had been the background. So to then have all these other things afterwards you know that's mm. the, the background to it is yeah. you know I really connect with these people sending me their stories and I just saw it's it's so many of these things are avoidable yeah like we just yeah. you know you all have had shifts like this definitely and, and I'm sure that you've thought about it like over since you did yeah. the article what are some of the things that you think have been really impactful or we could change as a system mm. so loads of things and actually the more I spoke to people about mm. this the mm. more I realized that a so I must emphasize there are loads of things going on that were mm. already going on mm. before we ever had this yeah um but I didn't know about them we weren't connected to them mm-hmm. so first of all is like the deaneries are probably they have an occupational health unit and they have lots of schemes including self-referral to anyone who's struggling yeah uh-huh. a lot of people 
we'll we'll tell everyone it's your educational supervisor but a lot of unfortunately there are personality clashes with mm-hmm. educational supervisors yeah. and a lot of people have been and bullied, there's also a lack of information them. by yeah. the educational supervisors we, exactly. as well yeah. we mm. don't you know they don't know either and it's not their job to be a counselor on top of their clinical you know they just and need their sort exactly. of, yeah, like and they're also within the system I yeah. suppose as well so I think um, and now we do have like well-being guardians so actually yeah they can now be emailed as a source of, like, the first step, which I think is good. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the other resource that I think has come out that's really useful is a community. So they're called WARD. So that stands for Wellness and Resilience in Doctors. Mm. You know, I hate the word resilience. Mm. Um, but these guys are fab. It was set up um, locally to me. It's now gone national. It's a registered charity. Okay. It was set up by some anaesthetists whose friend committed Amazing. suicide. Oh, wow. And the idea is that you have someone with a visible lanyard on mm-hmm. um, who can be approached by anyone to say, I've divorced from my wife and I can't afford the mortgage, to I'm acutely suicidal, to... Mm, They've started getting, um, you know, the acute psych teams to junior doctors at work. Okay. Because um, to try and intervene before they go home and do something. Yeah. So that was quite interesting. And then the other system things are just really simple. It's what we all know, and I Mm. think it's what's been in the GMC review recently. Mm, Yeah. can we have night parking so that we're not wandering around like yeah you know, parking in twenty five pound yeah. night car parks and I've had all an, unsafe car parks and spaces yeah, like dodgy places like absolutely. um a nurse had her tires slashed in the staff car park and then you know we're all finishing our shifts at like midnight sometimes yeah. and then have to walk around there yeah, yeah. you hear you hear people being no hundred percent like I had um like parts nicked off my car yeah. like a couple of weeks ago and I, you know then you finished a long day and you're exactly. stranded for five hours trying to get towed home and you're just like got to be back at 8am tomorrow this is wonderful it's ridiculous and like the car parks are empty at night yeah. just give people night permits just give them a spot <laughs> right. give them a spot and yeah. like hot food we all know that you know some people don't like eating at night yeah I the crazies yeah <laughs> like I hate that you can only get junk food because I will yeah. eat it yeah because you know you you're hungry you're starving you're yeah. doing a 12 hour shift you can't just not eat for 12 hours yeah, 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 yeah. because actually you're going to do four days of that so yeah. you know you can't starve yourself can you well yeah. I can't personally um, so I think that leads to like really bad habits we all know yeah. that junk food makes you feel rubbish and it's not good for your health mm, if you're doing no. that for 40 years yeah um the other suggestion i saw that was i thought was brilliant was um i don't know how you guys feel about this was instead of going day night shifts uh-huh. you're staggered mm-hmm. so like you'll do an afternoon and then an evening okay. and then a night shift so i know they're really Similar good to A&E, no? i was gonna say they're really good at doing that in amy yeah i also want some people I think it's difficult because you have like a whole pros and cons. exactly. You've got a whole group of people, and some people will be really happy with it. Yeah. Some people yeah. need a more planful yeah, life and it's for like their children child and family. Plan. So I and I'm also very aware that I only know what it's like to be like a single woman without children mm, yeah. and like have enough even being able to choose my shifts yeah. in locoming yeah. that I'm I'm not quite sure what other people's like responsibilities and experiences are. Yeah. are. And I think that's but I think it's great to we need to start thinking about these I things. Think, and like I think flexibility and being able to think about work plans like every individual is in a different yeah, situation. Absolutely. Yeah. So what the establishment is now starting to do is just come to the foreground mm-hmm. and actually talk to people about what they yeah. want. Like it seems revolutionary yeah. that yeah. we want parking and IT and hot food. Yeah. You know, they the people have probably want... been saying this for yeah. God knows how many years. And the message But you, but but, but we say that they've been talking about like we've been talking about yeah. it. I just wonder if we have or if we're yeah, not that kind of not to the right people exactly. necessarily. I think internally we have it's so obvious to us what the problem are, but like the yeah. GMC have had to employ a whole team of people to full find time out. to 
find out these things. Yeah, I yeah. think the other really interesting thing I think will be slightly controversial is I don't know what it is. Go on, controversy. Yeah, we might have a bit of controversy. So you know um, sort of restrooms or on-call facilities yeah. for doctors. A lot mm. of trusts have scrapped them yeah. or are charging them um, because they feel, you know, whatever. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The rest shouldn't be taken at night or whatever these silly things are. I think there was, <laughs> also, there was also a trust that actually put their CCTV um, in the mess or something. To catch people to sleeping? To catch people sleeping. <laughs> what are so, they going to do with that? I don't know. Like, so that's a great way. Prosecute you. Isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? I'm so like stubborn. It would make me just want to go just be like and lose my eyes. Yeah. Just keep my eyes closed. Yeah. Or just lay there and watch the CCTV like the whole yeah. time. I mean, imagine yourself being in the reverse position management. Mm. It's not a great way to foster trust and loyalty. No, yeah. And I think when you, when you use the whip, people will do enough yeah. But actually, if you get them motivated, if you say, you know what, I'm going to find you a really nice room yeah. and some rest, you know, use it for your half an hour break, yeah. whatever, you're then gonna not going to mind staying half an hour. 100%. These other 100%. Things. I'm with you. Carrot, not the stick. Exactly. And I, so I worked in New Zealand for a bit. Yeah. And um, I always say that whenever anyone asks me about it, I'm like, the work is the same. Like, you're a doctor. It's yeah. still busy. There are patients. There are sick people. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Mm. But you are fed. Yeah. You have a bed. Yeah. Um, and people know your name. Yeah. I found this mind-blowing. I would turn up on a ward, and it would be nurses I'd seen a month ago, and they'd be like, Suba. And I was like, <laughs> tell me everything that you want me to do. Like, I will do anything. Like, do you want me to rewrite all these drug charts? I will. Like, yeah. that's all it takes. You know, it was so bizarre to me that I was there for... Three-month rotations as well. They're not even four-month rotations. Like, people know me by the end very well. People Mm -hmm. were encouraging and being like, you need to learn to do this. You want to do this specialty? Come on. Why don't you put in the marina? Come on. You come in, you know, do the VE. You do things that Mm. are good for your progression. Mm. And I was so boggled. I was like, I've done this same job for four months in the UK and taken away so much less. Yeah. And no one's known my name. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just so... The little things that... I think of it, like, as this wonderland. I'm like, New Zealand is amazing. (laughs) Like... 
you know exactly and it's so it takes so little yeah I have two examples for this so like one I'd you know done all that I've been you know the most stressed in my life I'd had this mm. post-traumatic stress I was coming in I did like most of my neurosurgery unsupervised wow um, you know I did my 60 hours a week I did my competencies everyone yeah. said my portfolio was glowing yeah and then it came to getting signed off from that hospital mm. and they're lovely mm. but their department is so big the person signing me off goes oh sorry we haven't met have we what's your name and I'm like you're the person that's yeah. You know, this is my goodbye kind of session from the hospital and you yeah. still don't know who I am, but my life has been in this hospital. Like yeah. I've gone through so much, you know, by giving myself to this job yeah. and you still don't know me. And I think, yeah. and then what's the other one? I'd done some lists with someone, quite a few lists. Mm. And I was their registrar. They were one of the consultants in the department. Yeah. And I was trying to get in a back door from the car park. Yeah. Um, and said, oh, can you get in this way? And he was like, no, the public entrance is at the front. What? And I was just mortified. I wouldn't even know what to do. I, I just, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, this is, challenge it. This is just so hilarious because I have a very amusing story. When I was on A&E and I was coming in for a night shift or a late shift at like one o'clock or two o'clock or something. And I was coming up the back entrance. Or oh, I was coming out, I think. I think I was leaving. And there was this guy who stood there who looked a little bit shady to me, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And I was sort of like looking at him through the glass <laughs> and he was like looking at me through the glass. And I was like, like sorry, who are you? And he was like, I'm the um, locum urology reg. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, do you have any like identification? <laughs> like, how do I know that? And he's like, oh, like, I work here all the time. I was like, I've never seen you. And he was like, so can you let me in? And I was like, I mean, I don't feel like I should. <laughs> I was Imagine, like, you're probably going to have to no, refer to him then. I know, time. I know. And I see him around and he hates me. Um, <laughs> but literally, I was kind of like, do you want to give me like a urology fact or something so I can buy into the story? And he's, he's like, like no, I'm not going to give you. I'm going to kill you. He was like, I'm going to report you. He was like, genuinely, I was like, just give me a urology fact. Like, that what's the normal size of a prostate? So funny. And he was like, I'm not going to ask these questions. And then his so SHO funny. turned up and I was like, I'm out, I'm going to <laughs> What do you reckon is the correct uh, fact for an obs and gyne person to know? How would you, you know it's one of oh, you? I mean, to be honest, I've got a low bar. Like, if you tell me something vaguely convincing, like, okay, when is, like, when would you give a prophylactic anti-D? Yeah. And they were like, 28 weeks, I'd be like, you're with me. Right. <laughs> I believe. I believe you're not a layman. Come on in. It could be a very well-read layman. I was going to say, I, I might struggle with that question. So it could be somebody who's recess negative who just knows, and I would be like, "Yeah, welcome. Come on in. Let me help you. Here's the scrubs. Shall the I take your coat?" <laughs> so it sounds like we're like calling for like a change, like a change of culture from mm. hospitals. Mm. I always wonder though, just because I myself and us ladies as doctors here. How do we get our colleagues also mm. to change the culture? Because we are part of it mm. and we are going to be the future leaders. Mm. Um, literally in like 10 years time, we'll all be like the consultants mm-hmm. in the hospital. Mm. I wonder when, at what point do we need to like kind of take responsibility as a collective? Mm-hmm. And like what sort of ways you think you've seen have been useful? Like I love the example you gave about the ward, um, the mm. WARD lanyard. I think that's great. Mm. Um, yeah, they have a website and are national, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you find them? Just like Google W A R D. What's the mnemonic again? Ward. So it's W A R D. What does it stand for? Uh, so that wellness and resilience for doctors. Wellness and resilience for doctors. Okay, we got it. Yeah, um, they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. They'll do anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but following on from what Amelie was saying. Mm. So obviously, it was know, a question. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? So <laughs> how do we get our peers to engage in forming groups of sort of expressing our voices and saying what our concerns are and trying to make that 
into cultural change how do we do that yeah no this is an interesting one because um i have found it interesting people we all like to complain Mm. but we're not very necessarily good at providing solutions yeah um and I, I read this really interesting quote the other day. I'm a big sort of classics fan as well, okay. being a science geek. But yeah. it was, I think it was Cicero. So he was sort of a, mm. a Roman Stoic and yeah. sort of a philosophist, ethicist. Mm. And he said that what motivates men, I mean, we're women, but yeah. that's yeah. You know, humanity, um, <laughs> is um, being fed the glory of like public service. That will motivate you to do public service mm. if, if you're if you're rewarded for it which isn't necessarily financial um so we need to elevate people that support these cultures instead of people Mm. that just want to get ahead Mm. and then the um, other part of that quote was um or if they are being inspired Mm. by people for whom they have affection okay Mm. okay so Mm. there are like um, so there's a role model issue, mm-hmm. and I think they are there, you know. And, often, and a, me- a mentorship issue. Yeah, there. and yeah. I think mentorship comes back to, you know, when, what we were saying about what the reasons I enjoyed Oxford. If mm-hmm. you have people that you are um, have affection for, we all know, like, what it's, mm-hmm. it's nice to work with a nice colleague, isn't 100%, it? 100%, yeah. You know, or a nice boss, or mm-hmm. one Someone that you, you look up to and you admire as well. Exactly, yeah. so what really turned my whole head around mm-hmm. with the, was um, role models and actually in some mm-hmm. there were a lot of you know guys there were a lot of women and it's not just a one sex thing but I think sometimes women to a woman it, it can feel more powerful so mm-hmm. um, this is the president of the Royal College of Pathologists mm-hmm. she oh reached, she's so cool she is lush and mm-hmm. she's oh a, she's so cool she sent me her number and yeah. I went to hang out with her for a day in London uh-huh. she bought me breakfast she bought me lunch she showed me cutting up an ovary she showed me loads of microscopes Side. She took me to meetings to show me what sort of... Oh, you got medical yeah. directors. Yeah. Sounds amazing. I would love to be a pathologist. She did well. <laughs> um, but, you know, and she told me, you know, she'd had years out. She's had time. She wasn't sure. Yeah. And I had so many other people invite me to their labs. I got someone that invited me to the human centrifuge where they do some of the um, space medicine and military cool. stuff. Um, and people who took me out to do, like, Where sports medicine. So it's up north somewhere. Okay, I can't remember okay. the name of the town. It's, like, off in the, in the woods Madison. somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Um, but offers, offers to go on a diving thing. And I just think, you know what, you can put up with anything yeah. if you're inspired. Yeah. And I think that we're all just driven to, like, fill out tick boxes and these yeah. portfolios. Like, yeah. there's no And there's a degree of that passion. Okay, there's a degree of that that's a necessary evil. Mm. Fine. I, I get mm. that they do need we to see you're progressing. That. They need to see your achieving yeah. your competence. But that shouldn't be where it ends. No. Can't we inspire each other instead? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, a huge part of what brings us into medicine or an interest in science is appreciation for the wonder, right? Yeah. Like, the art side of it. Yeah. Because... You know, as much as I always think of doctors as a slightly arty scientist, yeah, like yeah. we're on that sort of slightly more artistic side, yeah. Um, which is where the sort of you know the 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 art of medicine yeah, and, and patient care comes exactly. in because you can know the practicalities and science well, but miss the you know miss the kind mm. of the grey stuff in between, right? Mm. And that's so important for us to foster and people that you know if we're not fostering that. We're gonna, you're gonna lose people. Like that's Absolutely. inevitable. That's so inevitable. Just be nice. Take on first years. Mm. Inspire them. Yeah. I've like got some five year first year medical students now who are yeah. passing oh, stuff so on WhatsApp. They're so cute because they yeah. think medicine is great. Yeah. One of them got upset the other day and thought you know it was all doom and gloom. So mm. I had to have a chat with her. Mm. Um, but I think that's also great as well from their point of view. Like I always, it's realistic. It, mm. It's realistic, and the thing is, 
when I keep saying, taking it back to like the responsibility of the individual, mm. not to say that we should have resilience. Mm. But I think it's also important when, and my dad always also encourages me mm. always to do this. He's like, whenever you start a new placement, find out who your natural mentor is. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be the most senior person in the department. That's it can really just good. be a reg that you find that you think is so flipping with. cool. Yeah. Mm. Like this is the kind of doctor you want to be with, yeah. mm. and ask them to help you. Yeah. Because more times than none they're going to want to yeah, help yeah. and nurture you we enjoy it don't we yeah. we enjoyed yeah. helping that's what got us into this absolutely yeah. and you just saying that you have a whatsapp group with five like first years I'm sure if anyone came to and asked any of us yeah, like we hey can you, we would absolutely yeah. do it yeah, so absolutely. I think it's also great for like even our listeners and people mm. who are like quite juniors we have lots of medical students mm. lots of juniors mm. through the ranks it's about asking people. Yeah, just go and ask for help. Yeah. Or yeah. can if you see something cool, or can I come to clinic with yeah. you on Friday? Yeah. Or yeah. oh, you're doing this operation. Yeah. Can I can come, I come? And see yeah. it? Yeah. Or reinforce like yeah. positively, like what has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so because when you think about sort of the history of medicine, it's very much learning elbow to elbow, isn't it? You used yeah. to be apprentice. You'd go around with someone for five, six years, and yeah. you sort of inherit their mm-hmm. their role and stuff. The yeah. same way as like blacksmiths and farriers do yeah. that, right? Yeah. And that's been lost a bit, partly because we move around so much and yeah. everything's been made more formalised. Mm-hmm. So you've lost some of those personal relationships, which yeah. were also supportive in terms of sort of... Um, they were relationships. Yeah. They are. They are. Exactly. And then you feel like recognised and valued as a student or as a junior yeah. and your contributions. Someone also knows where you're at, yeah. where, what your progress is, because yeah. it's that's such a big thing too, isn't it? Like in a culture where... Every day, if you're with a, a new senior, they don't know what your competence levels are. No. They don't know what you can do, what exactly. you can't do. And every morning, you're having that same conversation yeah. where they're like, so where are you at? And yeah. you're like, I, I can do this, or I yeah. can do that, or I'm confident doing this. And you're so right. We often don't introduce ourselves. We'll say our name and our job role, yeah. but then we don't say, oh, you know, and I like horse riding, or I'm really interested in X or yeah. Y, or yeah. can you tell me more about this today? I would love that if someone yeah, did that. Yeah, 100%. I think the other thing as well is something I've been like, really keen to to kind of show is like I'm a classic example of I had a really bad day at work mm. I got really cross about the parking I'm still really cross about the parking <laughs> I'm cross on your behalf um and actually that has now escalated to the point where I've collected enough stories that it's formed part of a GMC review mm-hmm. yeah. I am an average doctor with an averagely crap day you know I haven't even heard you know these awful things happen to me mm-hmm. and like it's gone this far and I yeah. think if you get the bit between your teeth and you want to change something I would yeah. say people are really receptive I was mm-hmm. shocked I did mm-hmm. not get door yeah. slammed in my face I had the GMC were receptive when I emailed them uh-huh. um, the Department of Health contacted me mm-hmm. the deanery were lovely anyone I spoke to to say can I come spend an afternoon with you were lovely like you just have to I think the problem is there's a lot of lobbying and a lot of politics surrounding the NHS Mm -hmm. and medicine particularly since all the contract stuff and there's a lot of anger and frustration both sides Mm. and of course we need lobbying and people pushing and campaigning Mm. yeah but I think it can be quite annoying to be on the other side of aggression yeah So if you have someone quiet and interested and sort of who's got a bit of evidence who just comes and says, mm-hmm. can I talk to you about this? Mm. Because yeah, no one finds that offensive or difficult. And it, it, no. that has worked for me. I have not gone out, you know, aggressively yeah. to try and get anyone in trouble or say how, you know, it is awful. But I've also been trying to say, can we change it? Like, yeah. And I think you sometimes having a slightly softer approach or a more integrative sort of teamwork collaborative working mm. approach rather than us versus GMC us versus them yeah is how a lot of this has mm. happened I think. and so much of what you know the GMC wellbeing report which you put me on to yeah. and I've, I sort of read half it's of it brilliant. on the tube it's, it's so amazing brilliant. 
like I love that even the fact that they say res- we shouldn't aim for resilience we should uh, aim to make the workplace did you write that Joe? I was like I hate the word resilience was you? oh my well, god Joe everyone keeps telling me that everyone keeps telling me I freaking loved it now I freaking love that that, that that you know that sort of um, sentence but um, was it you that wrote it though? I didn't write that. <laughs> I had some input. I call. I, I think most people they interviewed will have said exactly Absolutely, the same things. Yeah. Things, yeah. But um, what I what I loved about the James report was that you know they sort of talk about how what they use the three like the ABC yeah. right. We love a good ABC. Oh, we love an ABC. We love a good ABC. What was it like autonomy, um, belonging, belonging, and competence. competence? And they talk so much about compassionate leadership, yeah. which I loved because don't you feel like sometimes in hospitals there's an attitude of like. The doctors that become clinical leaders are like these career chasers that actually are just climbing, climbing, climbing. Yeah. Well, and that's what we think about them sometimes. That's what I mean. Yeah. It shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we shouldn't. Maybe that's true. Maybe yeah. that's not true. Yeah. That's what I've learned. So I think there are. I remember being told once when I was really upset by one of the um, that, educational mm-hmm. leads. There are hawks and there are doves. Hawks and that person and is a hawk, and you're just like, really? oh, come on, is it that binary? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that binary. It's like when you talked about um, the Royal College of Pathology oh, president, and, and I think of they like some of the presidents, and mainly because they're all women, or yeah. they were women in the past like two years. They're absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. and I think it is that compassionate like leadership style. Not mm-hmm. because they're women, because yeah. they're all very strong. Yeah. But I think it's because with compassion comes human story. Yeah. And then you understand, okay, this is my workforce. Yeah. And I think as women we have the special skills that we've like been socialised yeah. to form yeah. to understand like the groups that we work with. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think what we really saw from all of those college leaders, including like Leslie Regan, including Shout out to my um what's the Royal College of Physicians? I've forgotten her name. That's annoying. I've forgotten her name, but um, she's so cool. Jane something maybe. Dacra. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I never met her. But yeah. She always talks yeah. about like quiet leadership and how yeah. power can also come from mm. even if your personality is different to what they say the male like male yeah, aggressive yeah. leadership yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah, and like I, galvanizing a human story. Yeah, I think it's better, isn't it? You want to like lead with the pack because you mm. understand the pack. Yeah. You just sit at the top and govern. Yeah. yeah. Like you're never going to get the most out of people just by driving them. Mm. You're going to yeah. have to show them a vision and try and get them yeah. there. Yeah. And I think that is becoming more popular now in every yeah. aspect. In all of in life. all industries yeah. as well, yeah. right? Like, but I love how you've created a forum for it. Because I think mm. sometimes you think we have to become those, like, the top, top tier leaders. Mm. But clearly what you've also shown from your work, and I know it didn't start off that way, mm. was you using the resources available to mm. you. So that's you using your blog post and, like, tweeting mm. it and sharing a really vulnerable, honest story. Mm. I think that's so dope that you were able to do that because it's shown all of us who share very similar, like, experiences. That's like everyone understood how it felt. You know, I think think that moment was coming. I think a Mm. lot of people were saying it. We all sit around after work and in the mess and complain about these things. And, you know, people hadn't read my... You know, I had my blog at uni because I, I was editor for, like, the science magazine. Cute. Oh, my God. Such I actually, a geek. I actually love you. You're actually such a geek. <laughs> like, the two... You, or, yeah, like, even Imperial's, like, a science Imperial's geeky super geeky, geeky yeah. Once I wrote a, a on. post that Sir Robert Winston, you know, child of no, our time, commented on. No, he didn't. Yeah. That is your claim to fame. That I can die happy. Yeah, you're done, you're done. Put that on your gravestone. Yeah, my epitaph. What did he say? Um, He just said, spot on or off for a caterpillar. 
No. Amazing. <laughs> so I got to interview some really cool people. That would have carried me through a whole decade. That's yeah. just the thing, right? Like, literally. And I put that on my red application. You know, I printed it off the tweet <laughs> and put it in my anaesthetic application. Oh, you saw my, if you saw my portfolio, it was hilarious. It's yeah. literally just, like, tweets, projects, <laughs> and done. I'm like... I'm making, like, impact. It might not be the way you think it is, but it's cool. And when I think, you know, how happy that made me, and how happy as well, I was really terrified of the press attention, Mm -hmm. um, because you can get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and they think, you know, you're worried about how things might be... Perceived. Yeah. And I also, my trust is lovely, and all the people in my trust are not in themselves nasty, they're just busy. Yeah. I did not want to get anyone in trouble. I wasn't out there to, like, blame. I was just saying, this is a bad system. Can we change the system? What was the response you got from your trust and people? They were lovely. So I was very apprehensive. (laughs) Why are you so sure? How did it come out? Was it one day you came to hand over and someone was like... People so, talking about you. Yeah, a lot. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden I had a lot of emails. So first of all, my mum was stressing out because she's an NHS manager. And oh, she was like, don't do it. She yeah. was like, everyone's going to know who you are. The chief exec is going to come and find you tomorrow. Yeah. Like, she was really stressing me out. Yeah. Thanks, mum. Um, <laughs> Shout out to mama. So I got quite stressed. And then I told, so Joe Martin, the Royal College of Pathologists lady, uh-huh. um, I told her that this Guardian thing was kind of happening. And that was a complete accident. I did not set out to get the press. Yeah, but the press um, were interested. Obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, and she was like, you "Talk to your press office at the hospital. Like they will have rules. Okay, um, but try and involve them. Yes. But if you get in trouble for this, like I will be behind you. I will fight for you. The royal colleges will release a statement about yeah, how awful yeah. all of this is, and we'll support you. Oh, which is great. Like, yeah. What a time! I think I would have cried. Yeah. Like literally, so emotional. And that is the yeah. kind of support I've had all the way through. That's amazing. But it's, you know, it's not just for me, is it? This is the support all of us have. Yeah. If you just reach out. That's so important to hear that. I feel like you need to say that again. <laughs> because I feel like that's so important for people hearing yeah. who are like vibing with what we're talking about and feeling like they want to, you know, implement changes in their own trust and their own hospitals yeah. to hear that... People will change. They want to yeah. know what and you And that people will support you. Yeah. Like, you don't need to be afraid that if you put yourself out there that you're going to take the fall yeah. for it or that you're going to get gunned down with people saying, why yeah. are you raising these issues? You know, blah, blah, blah. there is nothing more inspiring you can hear than yeah. I will fight for you. Like, yeah. how often yeah. do you hear that outside of movies? Literally never. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... It's, that's what you and that's what you need to know is that there are people out there that will absolutely back you yeah. and give you that support and have your back yeah. basically. And it was nearly all positive and everyone I worked with yeah. just was like, Yes, this is what we've that's been so trying great. to say for ages. And I, feel I like love that we've we... met you just after this report has come out and yeah. after all this great work that's like come from the fruition. I of was this so article. emotional yesterday when you must have been because it's proper, it's like actually what we care about. <laughs> it is. Literally I've been Literally. reading it and I've just been like trying not to do amens on the train, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, yeah. sat there with people around me. It's almost like, like okay. they've just given me a filtered version of like what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and then the real one. It's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking out the expletives, yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's great. I feel like this has has had to change your view of what you see your career doing now. Can I just ask, like, what, personally, the next steps are for you? Not, yeah. like, I hope that's not a pressure. No, no, so, pressure. I think, so I'm super geeky. I'd really like to try and get a, a PhD in. And, and that is, sorry, surprised. because people can't actually see you here. You literally look like Elwood's from Legally Blonde. Yeah. So it actually blows my mind that you're <laughs> such a little geek. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm going to try and do a PhD. Yeah. And I'll stick with anaesthetics for now, but I'm just... 
Uh, I want to go rediscover the sort of love and the wonder, and I must shout out again to Charlotte Summers from Cambridge, who invited me to her lab to like talk about all of this, like uh-huh. unprompted again, like just lovely, really, yeah. really wonderful, amazing I love lead good woman. She's so successful. You know, she's mm. head of academic mm. uh, medicine at Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's really nice. Yeah. You, you can have it all. You yeah. don't have to stand on Alice no. to get the top of the pyramid. Yeah. Uh, you can let them help you up mm-hmm. and take them up with you. Um, so, and then I'd like to see if I can do more with some more of the sort of humane culture stuff, just because I feel I've had the experience now. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone that is naturally very vocal. I'm mm-hmm. quite, you know, my mum always said I never like talking to people. Mm-hmm. I'm not confrontational. Um, mm. So this has been completely out of my comfort zone, mm. but I feel like I've learnt things that are useful yeah. to other people. And I think when people have an example of someone that can change things, mm-hmm. just because they had a crap day and didn't want to pay for their parking, <laughs> just to go back to that, really <laughs> cross about it, um, then that will hopefully encourage other people that you can do something about it. Absolutely. And where can people find your blog before we close off? Mm. Um, So I think it's curiosityclan at wordpress.com. Love it. Put it on my Twitter. Yeah, curiosityclan. And what's your Twitter, Joe, if you could just shout that out? So it's at Jopo, J O P O, 899. Yeah. So Jopo899. And don't be fooled, there is another Joanna Paul on Twitter who I always message. Is there? (laughs) Before I found you, and I was like, I wonder how many she's received. Yeah, she probably gets, people are probably sending her like stories of difficulties at work, and she's just like, oh, people No joke, she's probably going to write a book about it if you don't get there first. (laughs) With all the stories that she's probably received in her inbox. So, okay, so signing off with a little excerpt from Joe's blog. I'm not depressed, I wouldn't give it up. But I am tired that medicine in the UK at the moment has created a system that is systematically designed to separate us from our real lives, erode the mentor-trainee relationship, move us round hundreds of miles and perform a constant circus of acid rain on our self-esteem, deep-rooted desire to please, and ability to conduct ourselves as a daughter, partner or parent. I accept that for healthcare you do just have to sacrifice but realistically, there is a fleet of small inconsequential things, like the emission of small talk, that would transform my world were they to undergo a humane metamorphosis. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much, Joe. Right. I'm so I loved it. You. Can I stay? Please, please. <laughs> Forever, let's just stay, and let's just move into the wing because it's yeah. so gorgeous. Yes, yeah, lush here. Absolutely. I feel like all we came to do was talk about what had happened with your journey but I think we've come left with so much more yeah. and I hope that people feel galvanised by this conversation mm. um, and a bit more powerful yeah like if even, you don't like something change it absolutely yeah. and even yeah. if your power doesn't look like what you think power yeah. is should look like yeah, yeah. Y- you've got it if you've got 100%. everything that you want to change 100% and actually that frustration is enough to take you to where you want to get to yeah that's all you need yeah use that frustration use it use it's... it yeah. Diesel fuel. She's going to say something about car park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, signing off, guys. Thank you yeah. so much for listening today. And check out Joe, JoePo899. Yeah. yeah. This has been great. Catch you on the next episode. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.